It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into another episode, or issue rather, of the DC Primetime Podcast from the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Capping Crew Cast Pods, I am Rob Martin. This is, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I know we jinx ourselves when we say it, uh, but I'm going to say it because I'm fully convinced it's actually going to be true this time. It's going to be a shorter episode. Yeah, um, and next week, I think, unless there's massive news, I think we may take a break, too, because there's no shows next week. Yeah, I, that, no so. shows at all, which is um, kind of unexpected. I didn't, I knew some of the shows were going on break. I didn't expect Supergirl to come back for one week and then take another break, but hey, man, that's the way the cards fall sometimes. So we'll, we'll, Indeed. we're going to have to see how it plays out. But this week, we're going to talk about the episode of Supergirl that did air this week. And we are going to address some rumors that are floating out there right now in the DC Ether uh, about the potential future of the Arrowverse. We've, we've talked about some of this stuff already. We've kind of shared our opinions. But with these rumors kind of rampant right now, um, it might be good to address them again, if only just for a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fine to do. So, so and because the reviews are kind of mixed uh, from our audience right now on uh, what could potentially be and what could come of this, and yeah, we'll talk about them soon, mm-hmm. uh, shortly once we get done talking with Supergirl. But on that note, let us do just that and talk about and review Supergirl from this week, starting first with our one of three point ranking, that being Sidekick Hero or Legend of Season 4, Episode 12. Rob, what do you give this episode this week? I'm going to give it a hero, but a very kind of a low-tier hero in my mind. Uh, Not a lot really going on here in this episode at all. Uh, There's kind of like these tiny little micro setups that were happening. Um, But uh, for the grand scheme of things... This really felt like a throwaway episode, but I will say it was really nice to see Ben Lockwood entering back into the picture. I know in the next episode, we've got the Elite coming back in full force. Uh, well, the first time we're going to be seeing the Elite, but it'll be great to see Manchester Black kind of in the in the mix of all this. And obviously, I'm sure big things on the horizon again with Ben Lockwood as well. So uh, this was kind of like a stopgap. Yeah, I agree with you. Um Low tier hero for me. Uh, not a lot happening, as you said. A, a lot of setup for some future stuff. And to be honest with you, I don't know if it was just because I was exhausted from uh, seeing a movie and walking around all day that I just was. I just felt kind of bored with with the episode. Still fun. Still some great stuff that came out of it. Uh, well, good stuff that came out of it. But uh, nothing that overly blew me away. So 
I guess kind of fitting that they came back for a week and then took a break because this was if you're going to put one episode in between weeks of break, uh, this is an episode to do because there's just not a lot of progression. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that was fine. I, I really again, all these shows have these kind of episodes. And, uh, you know, I, I think this was one that we were kind of been waiting on for Supergirl. Supergirl's had a really strong run this year where there hasn't been too many of these types of episodes that were just middling. Um, but you know what? Hey, it was fine. It, it moved a couple pieces on the chessboard, and that was really about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it, we, we can probably just run right into this one. Yeah, so. it, it's weird because it feels like, uh, you know, they were on break last week. They're going to be on break again this week. It felt like in some ways they were kind of still on break this week. Yeah, uh, with this episode. But yeah, let's jump into it. Season four, episode twelve, Menagerie, with his pi <laughs> with his pi shingle, newly hung outside his office. John welcomes new clients, trying to take her mind off of what happened at the DEO. Kara decides to team up with John on his latest assignment, which unfortunately ends up tying directly into Alex's current investigation that involves the villain Menagerie. Meanwhile, Lena shares some news with James, but his reaction isn't what she expected. Nia invites Brainy to her Valentine's Day party. Uh, in my opinion, some of the best stuff in the episode actually came from Brainy. I think that was the only good stuff that came out of the episode. <laughs> um, the constant back and forth with him kind of trying to find a way to connect with Nia um, you know, we, we, he finally admits that he's got an interest in her, um, you know, out loud, like we've known it as viewers for a little while, but, uh, this was him kind of even talking to Alex and Cara being aware of all this as well, uh, kind of playing out. Uh, but I think it was a really kind of fun, cute back and forth that was happening throughout the episode with this stuff. But in addition to that too, his constant fear of snakes, which I completely would love to give him a hug because right there with him, um, <laughs> But I thought that played off really nicely with Menagerie's power set, too. So it was a really fun way to watch that kind of play out this week. Yeah, I mean, it's seeing the interactions with him at the party, not just with Nia, but with Nia's roommate. And, right, because um, every song is her jam. Yes, <laughs> which I, I just – some of the best parts of the, the series uh, of Supergirl, when it comes to Brainy, are seeing Brainy kind of learning how to take uh, and just find out about pop culture – and and what it means because it's completely new to him so watching him kind of adapt to that um you know we got the last episode with him and the frat boys um reference was was great this time with uh, nia's roommate and every song being her jam uh was fun so seeing those little moments with brainy i think are some of the best parts at least when it comes to his character Oh, yeah, like, again, referencing Raiders of the Lost Ark this episode, all that stuff. And, and you know, Jesse Rath, this, he just does such a wonderful job on the show. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing next year when we have Wynn back in the picture with him and watching them play off of each other is going to be, I think, a ton of fun. So Yeah, because yeah, we got a little taste of that last season. Uh, mm -hmm. and But when we get more of it in full force, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, you mentioned when you were giving your recap of uh, when you were giving your ranking. Obviously, we got Ben Lockwood back into the mix this time around. But more so than Ben Lockwood is now his son is kind of taken up. Well, took up arms temporarily because by the end of the episode, we do see Ben Lockwood uh, released from prison. Uh, but it, it's kind of interesting to see that kind of dynamic from Ben Lockwood's character because any... Any father would kind of 
I think if you if if this was any other series, you would see like a father kind of say to his son, like, I don't want you involved with this. Just kind of take a step back. Things will be better when I'm released. But that's not the case at all. Like, he's urging his son to take up arms mm-hmm. and to do what he can't do, which to me, that kind of definitely is pushing his agenda as a villain for oh, the ab- second absolutely. half of the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic in that he is... He's one of the scariest kind of villains in that he's human. He's there's no metahuman abilities about him, and what makes him even scarier as a as a future villain for the series too. Well, once and future villain of the series is that some of these strongest villains are the ones that feel they're doing good. They think right. that what they're doing is right. So, yeah, I, and I, you know, like I said, it, it's. I think if you go back to, I think it was like episode four or five of this year, um, where we actually kind of get Ben's full backstory on why he becomes the person he does. It's such a strongly written episode. And, you know, from his point of view, as you're watching it play out, you can understand exactly what he's doing and why he believes the way he does. It doesn't mean it's right, but you understand why. And I think that's one thing they never lost with his character. Uh, they, they've always consistently played him just right just perfect enough that it was completely believable in his motive and action so yeah yeah exactly uh i mean and one of the other things about this episode too is you know since we're already talking about ben lockwood we got to talk about at least a little bit about children of liberty uh he does still have his followings obviously and that's more because of his son who takes up arms and puts uploads that video of how they they have to do what they need to do even though ben is in prison uh and it's an interesting dynamic to the episode itself that when it comes to menagerie, they're the ones that stop her. Yeah. And it's not Supergirl. Right. It's, it's kind of a a mixture. You do see, obviously Supergirl and Nia have a bit of a role, but do the children of Liberty do as well? The DEO is the ones kind of settled in the outskirts of it, which looks really bad for obviously Alex. Um, and obviously, um, you know, president Baker and Colonel Haley, so they that's what kind of directs them to having to actually release Ben Lockwood because they again, President Baker is worried about those poll numbers, you know, yep. and it's it, that's just the way it's continuing to play out. So we do see that now one of the big things I know, obviously, we got to talk about, too, is, again, we have Menagerie, who we know is not going to be a one and done villain. Uh, we know she is going to become a member of the elite, obviously, from her history in the comic books, but. Uh, we even do see the end of this episode real quick. Uh, she gets a message uh, from Manchester Black as well when she's locked up. So uh, it, I think she fit really well into this mix, not just as a perfectly throwaway villain. She felt that way a little bit at first, but reminding yourself, oh, yeah, she's got a bigger role to play still. It's kind of cool that they kind of introduced her in that villain of the week style. And I think it worked really well for that. But to know the fact that we're going to see you know, her really kind of, you know, stretch her legs as a villain coming up is really cool to see. Now, kind of clear this up a little bit, too, because when we were introduced to Manchester Black, you know, earlier in this season, I wasn't familiar with the character, but I grew to love the character just because of the way it was portrayed by David on the series. Right. Is is Manchester hero, villain, or kind of ride the line? Uh, The elite are bad guys, but he... 
we've seen him kind of take on an anti, uh, starting off as an anti-hero role in the comics that transitioned into a villain. So they're doing him pretty much direct on, okay. on Supergirl. Uh, they're they're really carrying his character very similar and almost dead on. Uh, obviously, kind of tweaks and things around. Obviously, with things like the death of his girlfriend and all that stuff and how that plays into the character and the way that it's connected to Ben Lockwood and all that stuff are, is all obviously very new. But they're, they're treating that character the way he he was meant to be portrayed in the comics. So okay. Okay. Uh, it's a really close one-in-one transla- uh, translation of his character to live action. Okay, yeah, that's that was what kind of confused me because he was, again, not being familiar with the character, was, you know, seeing him kind of step into the hero role a little bit or the anti-hero role uh, a little bit when we first got introduced to his character and now seeing him send this letter to Menagerie very much makes me believe, okay, he's when he comes back and he returns, he's going to be... He's going to be an antagonist. Well, I believe the next episode that we're going to be seeing in Supergirl when it returns after the the quick break is um, the, we'll see the introduction of the hat, uh, who I can't remember the actor who's portraying him, but uh, we announced that I think it was like two or three weeks ago in our news segment. But uh, it sounds like next episode, though, will be the first appearance of the elite, including Menagerie, uh, the hat, and Manchester Black. Yep. And they are going to be going up against, um, you know, Nia brainy and supergirl so okay yeah so that's gonna be um yeah two episode two weeks from now uh not this not this coming this past sunday which we were we recorded on that sunday not today but next week yes that's oh god thank you for for us (laughs) i was stumbling over my words uh but yeah what's so funny about truth justice in the american way is the episode right and Uh, memory serves correctly i believe is that directed by kevin smith uh no alexis ostrander is okay okay is the uh director of that episode doesn't look like kevin's directing another episode for probably a while because he's in the middle of uh shooting uh jay and silent bob reboot so yes yeah uh which just started actually i think yeah either i think yesterday or week. today yeah yeah it's yeah i believe it started this weekend um so yeah like i said i think it's gonna be a while before we see him kind of step into any other roles as far as filming but uh we know that's definitely coming out i think later this fall so more than likely he is going to be a very very busy person but obviously uh what's so funny about truth justice in the american way um plays very heavily because that's based off of a classic superman comic yeah Uh, i believe there's rumblings we might even see john crier in this upcoming episode too as lex Luthor. well it looks like uh episode 15 is when we're going to be seeing john crier at least that's right that's two more weeks right uh that's three episodes away episode 15 because next week is episode 13 so that's right, because I know Supergirl's kind of been shifted around a little bit schedule-wise, where it's a couple weeks behind all the rest. So yeah, but I love the title, which is "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" Yeah, which is a fantastic movie if you've never seen it. Indeed, <laughs> uh, that's Cohen Brothers, right? I think. Uh yes, uh, yeah. pretty sure. Uh, getting off topic. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Alex because Alex's character, or well, Alex as a character in this episode, to me. And I, I kind of, I do understand it. While she comes across, you know, she's she's telling Kara how she feels kind of lost and, and such. She feels like things just aren't right in her life right now. She she's definitely. I feel like it, that's kind of mirroring the character itself because I I feel like in some ways since getting rid of her memories of Kara being Supergirl, I kind of feel like they almost don't know what to do with her character now. 
And yeah, I mean, she kind of feels like a sec. She feels like she went from a major player to a secondary character. Yeah, and you know, like, well, not even a secondary character. Like, you know, a secondary character would be somebody like you know, like John or or all these other people. But like, she is now. She doesn't even feel like a major supporting player anymore because she doesn't have as much of a role connected with Kara, which, you know, like I said, I think right now we're meant to feel that way, that she feels aimless because that's what she feels as a character. That's kind of the, I I think, the purpose and point. So I think we're going to see that obviously come to a head, you know, later this season because I know, and I'm sure you agree, is when she does find out that, you know, Kara is Supergirl again this season, She's going to feel betrayed by it and oh, yeah. set set uh, set her up as a kind of, not a villain, but there's going to be a lot of conflict between those characters, I think, after until the truth comes out. And obviously, I, was, I would assume before the start of next season, all the pieces will be back, back where they were um, as they kind of wrap these pieces up. Yeah, and yeah, we talked about that a little bit either uh, – no, it had to be two weeks ago because we didn't talk about Supergirl last week um, in how you're right. She's going to feel betrayed, not just but the fact that – uh, I think it's more going to be in the fact that they erased her memory than – I mean, or, I don't know because she might understand why they erased her memory. But I think she's going to feel betrayed that when she finds out the Kara is Supergirl that – I think she's going to feel like she never knew her entire life. It's going to take them kind of explaining to her why they did it maybe to make her understand. I don't know. Right. But, but it is going to be – there is definitely going to be some tension when she finds out. Yeah, absolutely. It's so. it's not going to be a happy go lucky reunion when when yeah. it happens. Um, trying to think of some other things that happened. This I, I guess the James the James and Lena stuff is really kind of the last point. Uh, yeah, it, you know, like again, this, there's not a lot to talk about about this episode. So yeah, I mean, we do see by the end of this episode um, the breakup of James and Lena, and Lena's kind of starting to go down that dark path and becoming. Uh, becoming what a, tr- a Luther truly is, uh, she you know she was offered by the government the opportunity to team up with them and about making humans uh, giving humans superpowers and, um, you know that kind of puts a wedge between James and Lena and we're we're seeing as as you I think you talked about it I think during prep I don't think you mentioned it when we were recording this is kind of setting her up when she meets Lex. Yeah, well, there was a quick moment earlier on in this episode where right before James comes into the office, we see her reading something on her phone. And it's got and she kind of looks at James and is like, so we should go away. Uh, like, right now, kind of thing. And they never address it. My guess is this is Lex about to get released from prison. And because, again, it's never brought up at all through the rest of the episode. Uh, but we see her very off kilter from that moment. Uh, but and then obviously we see her meet with Colonel Haley, which I think is kind of that throwaway piece that makes us believe that she already knows about the government contract part. Um, but I, I really feel that it was because of her reading something, finding out that Lex is about to get released from prison. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised, too, if by the end of the season, though, too, with Lex getting released, uh, that we're going to see, you know, President Baker. um kind of removed from office and maybe Lex attempting to run uh, for next year. I'm so, so glad that, you just said that. Cause I was literally just thinking the same thing that we that could, I we could potentially Luther. Yeah, yeah. We could see Lex running for president at some point. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a very strong possibility. And I think also a, an opportunity too for them to be able to bring back Kat Grant. Cause we know she works for the white house. 
so as the press secretary. And I think it would be interesting to see her play off of John Cryer's Lex Luthor. And that would be a really great opportunity to bring Callista back for just even if it's a couple short scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, one final thing I think we, we didn't talk about, but we, we kind of can just share our opinions on too, is this is the first time uh, we're seeing Nia suit up uh, as um, Dreamer. As Dreamer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think they did a good job with it. I, again, it was such a quick, short scene that it feels like we seeing her as a hero, we've got a lot to see, and I think we're going to see that more in the next upcoming episode. But again, this was kind of our first little taste and tease. But yeah. it was cool to see her finally suited up and being kind of a part of that group. We obviously know she's going to start training as well with Brainy and Kara. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I would, again, expect next week's episode to be the one that's fully going to have all those pieces kind of filling in. Yes, so. yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's going to wrap it up then for uh, discussion on Supergirl uh, on this episode. As we mentioned, Supergirl on break again this current week until it returns on March 3rd with What's So Funny About Truth, Justice in the American Way, which we mentioned Manchester Black, The Elite, uh, and The Hat coming into play uh, next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, two weeks. Week and a half. I don't know. I get so confused. <laughs> next week. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's... Officially next week from the date that this we are recording this, the day that you listen to this next week. Yes, exactly. Um... All right, so how do we... Let's. Well, how about this? Let's do news. We'll, we'll do the news like normal, and then we'll come back around, and we'll end the conversation with the okay. the rumor, because, again, part of the news. Okay, so, that works. All right, um, let's jump into the DC Universe stuff first. Uh, originally, Titan Season 2 was going to be getting ready to go into production on March 20th. It sounds like that is getting pushed back just a little bit, just a couple weeks. Production is now expected to begin now on April 2nd instead, so pushing things just back just a little bit. They also said Stargirl is additionally going to be getting delayed because there's some additional casting that has not yet been completed. So they're getting all those pieces in play before everything kind of moves forward. Uh, we still don't know the, I think, exact specifics on who is playing Connor Kent. There's also rumblings that they're still trying to find the perfect person for Lex Luthor as well in Titans. So that's kind of the main reasonings on why we're seeing that bit of delay. So again, purely associated with casting. Uh, so we'll be seeing that probably coming soon a little bit more. But speaking of Stargirl, we do have a few pieces of casting that just have been announced. Um, a couple of these people, we don't know the people that they're playing quite yet, but the most recent casting, uh, Amy Smart is going to be playing Barbara Dugan. Obviously, that is going to be the stepmother of uh, Courtney Whitmore's Stargirl. In addition to, we're also going to be seeing Trey Romano from uh, Equilibrium coming into uh, Mike, uh, Mike Dugan which is uh, Courtney's stepbrother as well. So uh, some new family members obviously cast there. Um, the upcoming Kingsman, The Great Games, Neil Jackson uh, and Unfollows Hunter Sanson also be pl- uh, will both be playing as, uh, as yet undisclosed DC comic book characters. So we'll be seeing that very, very soon, finding out who they're playing. Obviously, the Kingsman, The Great Game is the upcoming prequel to the Kingsman series. Um, and then again, uh, we'll be seeing... Uh, uh, let's see who else. There was another name in here. Damn it. Um, oh, yeah. He was also, uh, let's see, and Jackson was also part of Westworld. And uh, welcome to Marwin as well. So we'll be seeing uh, those people, probably their characters announced very, very, very soon. So um, we'll uh, be finding out that, I would assume, probably in just a couple of weeks. Again, as they're getting ready to gear up in full. 
Um, the last person to, I believe, also in the mix is Cameron Gilman, best known for the t- uh, TV adaptation of Let the Right One In. And Heather's is also joining as a series regular. We also don't know who that character is going, to, uh, that actor is going to be portraying in Stargirl as well. All right, jumping into the TV side of things, we're going to start over at the Flash. Um, actually, you know what? Let's jump into Arrow News first. Okay. Uh, we found out officially that Katie Lotz is going to be joining back in with the Arrowcast for a special episode that is going to be for a Birds of Prey team up. So we're going to see three of the current Black Canaries teaming up as an official Birds of Prey episode, uh, which will be the 18th episode of Season 7, titled Lost Canary. Uh, Jumping over to The Flash, we uh, have a couple pieces of information that are kind of surprising here. Uh, First off, let's go with the least surprising to most surprising. (laughs) Um, So we have found out that Zack Stentz is returning to write another episode of The Flash. Obviously, his most infamous episode is The Runaway Dinosaur, which we hold very near and dear. So fantastic. Uh, But that episode will be appearing on March 12th, uh, titled Failure is an Orphan. Uh, it sounds like that will be dealing very heavily with Cicada. I would not be surprised if that plays heavily into, um, you know, Orland's, uh, you know, s- stepdaughter, essentially, I guess. Or, well, is it niece? niece. I think it's his niece. Yes. Niece. Yeah. He, yeah, cause he, uh, he is her uncle. Yeah. Yes. So uh, dealing probably with the niece character. Like I said, I'm sure we'll be finding that out. But we don't know too, too much about the episode. Again, with the exception of, uh, I think there is a small synopsis. With the metahuman cure ready to use, Barry and Team Flash must must figure out a way to subdue Cicada long enough to take it. Killer Frost steps in to help with the plan. Meanwhile, Joe eases back into work, and Nora isn't happy about the way her dad plans to stop Cicada. Um, And again, it sounds very similar to what we've recently been hearing about the show's synopsis of them must finding a way to stop Cicada. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, second to most interesting things that we didn't expect. Uh, Danielle Panabaker also rumored to potentially leaving The Flash at the end of this season. Um, this is the second core cast member that we've been hearing a rumbling about this with. Uh, obviously, Carlos Valdez being the first. Now, potentially, Panabaker in the mix as well, which is kind of interesting because she has been directing episodes yeah. this season of the show so and i believe she has another sh- uh, episode she will be directing later this season as well so very curious on how this is going to play out there is some rumblings as well internally that we've been hearing kind of coming out that that both valdez and panabaker may be also doing this to kind of help renegotiate their contracts versus directly leaving the show uh we haven't heard anything official from warner brothers uh or the cw or the showrunners stating that these characters are indeed leaving um it's purely been rumor right now on both of them so very curious to see how this would play out so big you know big wait and see on this yeah so um again it's one of those take with a grain of salt uh, the big one, though, this week uh, regarding The Flash in- indicates a big episode, episode 18, titled Godspeed, which is kind of a surprise because Godspeed, if you've been following The Flash in the comic books over the last several years, I think starting back around the New 52, writer Josh Williamson introduced a brand new villain, brand new speedster villain at that, uh, obviously named Godspeed, who is indeed making an appearance this year in the show. It may be just a one-off like for episode 18, but we have seen shots of the character, and it looks like it was pulled directly from the pages of the comic book, and it looks fantastic. 
fantastic. It, it really does. He looks he looks really well done. And I don't know from the images that I saw, it looks like this is something that could potentially be in 2040 um 2045 or whatever year they're in. Yeah, I get confused. Yeah. Um between it all looks the shows like being in the future. It, right, it looks like that suit could be hanging in the Flash Museum because it is being hung and suspended by wires in the shot. Uh, but again, it could be used for a special effect, so it's a big wait and see. But very curious because we are seeing some banners uh, that have like the Central City looks like the Flash Museum, uh, a shot of uh, you know the comic book look of the Flash. So it looks like we're going back to the Flash Museum potentially somewhere. So big wait and see on how that is going to play off. But we do know this episode is actually also directed, as we just mentioned a moment before by Daniel Panabaker. So uh, we will be seeing uh, a little bit more of what is going on with Godspeed, hopefully very soon. So yeah, uh, jumping into some more casting, more stuff happening in the realm of Batwoman. Uh, we've got a few people here uh, added into the mix, uh, I believe. It's, first off is we've got Dugray Scott has been ca- cast as Kate Kane's father. So obviously Colonel Jacob Kane. Uh, we'll be seeing joining into the mix into the show. In addition to that, though, too, we have also gotten casting for uh, Kate Kane's stepmother, which is Elizabeth uh, Ann Wees, is the uh, actress playing that character. So we'll be seeing that jumping into the mix as well. So lots of casting note uh, information this week. But uh, what's very important here, though, is there has been a bit of a shakeup over at Batwoman. David Nutter apparently stepping down from directing the pilot. Uh, it sounds like as of now, the person uh, – well, the reason why that was so big is David Nutter is the person infamously known for directing the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. Um, so so everybody is going to die on the pilot of Batwoman. Apparently. <laughs> well, not anymore because David Nutter's not there. Oh, that's anymore, true. So. Well, everybody was – they were planning on killing everybody on the pilot. Uh, but it sounds like he left due to personal reasons. Uh, so we don't know if that had to do anything with the pilot or if it had to do with just things going on in his life that was unable to do this. Uh, it sounds like the CW has reportedly tapped Marcos uh, Siga to take over for the director's chair for the pilot. Uh, I think very well known for uh, the Vampire Diaries, um, which, in all honesty, I don't think is a bad thing because that actually show is actually shot incredibly well. My wife was a big fan of that show when it first originally aired. So, um, so I'm, I'm not too worried about it again. Uh, somebody from the CW jumping over to help uh, with another project on the CW. So not a big shock. I don't think there is any concern about that show getting picked up. No, not at all. All right. Uh, And then the last final piece is also kind of a talking point. So it sounds like there is, as we've expected for quite some time now, that the after the end of Crisis, we would be losing Arrow as a show. That officially sounds like that. Well, Officially, unofficially, is the leading rumor of this story <laughs> that indeed uh, that era will indeed be ending at the end of season eight. In addition to it, not just that show, but also Legends of Tomorrow will be ending its run after the show's fifth season also next year. So this is the 2019-2020 broadcast year. So post-crisis, these shows will come to an end. Um, in addition to it, too, I think you mentioned there was another source, and I haven't seen that repeated anywhere else, but... Uh, that Supergirl could be on the bubble as well post-crisis. Yeah, there is. Uh, I'm pulling up the story now. There's another rumor that post-crisis, and not just because of post-crisis, but because the ratings apparently have not been that strong. Uh, that the it's yeah, following rumors about Arrow and Legends now being said that Supergirl may be on the chopping block and could potentially be canceled, replaced by a Tyler Hoechlin Superman series. 
Um, so let, let's jump into this a little bit because yeah, well, let's let's address Supergirl first because the other ones I think are very very much more plausible. I think the Supergirl one. Let's let's get that rumor. Kind well, of. I, well, let's let's make it known too. We when we posted okay. the story about this on the Facebook page yesterday, and uh, there's been a lot of feedback on this one story in particular. I think more so than any other story we've posted. Um, let's let's set the record straight. As of right now, nothing is confirmed. Everything is rumor. Everything is hearsay about Arrow being canceled after season eight, Legends being canceled, and now Supergirl being canceled. Everything is purely rumor. There's nothing confirmed. Everything is purely rumor. But I will tell you this now. I am 99% sure Arrow and Legends are ending next year. Oh, so Um, am I. So am I. uh, And uh, honestly, I would even be willing to put that up to 99.9%. Uh, stating for both of those shows. Supergirl, I don't think, is going anywhere. Um, I think we will definitely see that last a little bit, especially with Batwoman in the mix, because there's going to be a strong reason to do a crossover with those two characters. I guarantee it, especially after the reaction to um, you know, Batwoman and Kara in the crossover for Elseworlds this year. Uh, so I think they're going to make sure that ha- they have the opportunity to do that. And I think they're going to have a lot of fun being able to play a little bit with, um, you know, having her on the same Earth post-crisis. I think it's a really high chance of that. Obviously, they're going to probably do some Earth merging by the end of this. Um, and I think they're going to try to hang on to Supergirl as long as humanly possible. Yeah. I think the only reason we might be seeing an end to that show is maybe because of the film production side of things is because we've been hearing more and more rumors in the last, what, I would say four months now that they're trying to fast-track a Supergirl live-action movie, um, you know, for the DC Universe. Um, And they're pushing Superman off to the side. For some odd reason, too, there's been a lot of weird back-and-forth happening between the films division and the TV side where they really don't like those crossovers happening, uh, where the same characters are existing in the same places. You know, we obviously saw that with Superman, the Flash, um, but it sounds like they weren't very pleased with it. We've seen them take people like Deathstroke off the board, things like that. But, you know, instead we now have Kane Wolfman kind of fulfilling that role, but without actually using Slade Wilson. So they've been finding interesting ways to play with it. They're, they're again, not using Suicide Squad or getting the Ghost Protocol, all these little pieces. So if they are trying to fast track it and they said, hey, maybe let's not have Supergirl on TV and a movie with a different person, I could see them trying to use that as a backdoor to bring Superman into the mix. So very, po- it's a it's a possible, but I would say right now the odds are maybe it, it's about a sixty forty, um, with sixty percent saying, uh, you know, the show is staying. Yeah, but I, again, I, I think that one's that one's riding a line uh, again. And, you know, obviously with the rest of this, uh, there's a lot to unpack on how this is going to potentially play out. And you know, what, where where do you stand with? with with these odds well here's my thing like in the articles i've been reading about everything one of the things i saw was the fact that they said with arrow flash and legends confirmed to be part of crisis supergirl and batwoman still yet to be confirmed look we're going to confirm that right now they're going to be part of crisis on infinite earths they 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 have to be i mean you've got um uh, i can't remember the character's name but the, the character is in arkham right now which is stands on with batwoman right now You've got the relationship between Supergirl and Batwoman that's going to come into play at the same time. Oh, Dr. Destiny. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Destiny. So uh, these two shows are going to be part of Crisis. It's not a matter of waiting to be confirmed. We'll confirm it for you. It's they're going to be part of it. Right. As far as the rumor of Supergirl goes, 
this season has been really, really strong. So if the ratings are really low, I could see a potential shakeup with what you said, with them them wanting to use the rights for the film and not the television series, and kind of still wanting to keep the S on television, shift it to a Superman series, because... Let's be real. The the feedback of Tyler b- portraying Superman has been mostly positive. Again, uh, and, and Lois Lane has been incredibly well liked. Um, you know, they have the ability now to move somebody like Jimmy Olsen back into a Superman show to give you a direct point of contact uh, that kind of continues that story and legacy. Yeah. So, well, but he, and here's the thing about it too. If by chance this rumor is true, which I don't believe it is yet at this point, and they do decide to replace Supergirl with a Superman series, that does not mean that Melissa is done playing Supergirl. You could very easily have her as a main cast member on Superman uh, and keep her completely in the mix they're just not titling the series supergirl because of the fact of the movie you can still have the character on tv because we even though we we have grant gustin as the flash we still had a movie version Uh, so you can have two versions of these characters they're just not sharing the spotlight of the title um the films will get the title television will get superman because dc films is not focusing on superman any longer so you can make that shift and i won't lie i've been a huge fan of tyler as superman so to see as as sad as i would be to see supergirl leave as a television series if they could make it a superman series with tyler and keep melissa as a part of it i would be 100 still fine with that uh i have a question for you okay so if we do see again uh, most likely when we see because yeah, I'm going to address it that way because I purely believe the the two shows that we mentioned at the beginning are done like no question about it in my brain because um, again we've known Legends of Tomorrow has been on riding the line for a while now and I'm really pleased to know that it's going to get a fifth season because I, I think that show really deserves it but you and I have been we're, we were concerned about it, it even getting picked up for next year at, in, in general yeah so let alone um, a, a season six I, th- so, I think I know where you're going with this question, but go ahead. So, and with Arrow ending and potentially Supergirl, do you think we are going to get a new team show? That's what I, I had a feeling that was going to be your question. Um, I won't lie. That would be, and I, I'm apologizing for my language at this moment. Uh, that would be fucking awesome. If yeah. we, if the, if Arrow ended, which it's going to, let's not lie. Um, and they brought, they kind of grounded the legends and, and brought them back in, um, with, with flash and, and Supergirl and Superman, we could potentially do a justice league television series, right? Um, you've got, I mean, let's look at the characters that we have already. We have Superman, we have Supergirl, we have arrow, we have uh, flash, um, and we have uh, Martian Manhunter. We have a majority of the characters we need. To create the Justice League. Right. We have Batwoman now, too, in the mix. Yeah. We have all these pieces. Obviously, Batwoman's going to exist on its own for quite some time. Um, I think you, you'll see an occasional crossover every once in a while. But I, you know, just like a season one, they're going to take their time to make sure she has a chance to grow on her own. 
So, and here's the, and here's the thing with the superhero team up series. It, it doesn't have to be called Justice League. Uh, it could be called Super Friends for all I care, and I'd still it watch it. It could be Brave and the Bold, World's Finest. They could call it whatever. World's the hell they Finest want. would be a great title for a series. And here's the thing about it too: in all aspects of everything, in my opinion, creating kind of ch- um, shaking up the Arrowverse and toning things down and making it a television series where we get one episode a week of this series. Here's here's the perks of that. One, CW opens up their schedule to bring in more programming. So there's a per, there's a perk for them. It opens up four time slots for them. Um, although I still think Batwoman's going to have her own for a, for a couple seasons. But oh, yeah. they'll still keep her in the mix of World's Finest, which that's what I'm going to call it now. Um but on top of that, you've got people like Stephen Amell who, let's be real, he's been carrying the Arrowverse on his shoulders since Arrow debuted. And I think it's really starting to have a toll on him. So to do a series like this, not only do these characters, do these actors get to continue portraying these characters that they do enjoy portraying, but it's not as heavy as a schedule. And they now have the time to do other projects at the same time. Because right. if you do a series like World's Finest, it doesn't have to be every character every episode. You can have a Superman and Batwoman episode where they team up. You could have a Superman standalone series, a Superman uh, Superman standalone episode. You could do one with Superman and Supergirl. You could do one with Supergirl and Batwoman. There's so many different combinations. And then every once in a while, maybe two or three times a season, you bring them all in for a big team fight. It doesn't have to be a massive production every episode. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's I, a lot of potential to doing a team-up series. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing boils down to this. The CW, some of their highest-rated shows that they've ever had, have been and continue to be these shows. The DC shows, They there was a report, like, what was it, six months ago, that the most pirated TV shows this past year were all of the Arrowverse shows next to Game of Thrones. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. I think Flash was number one after Game of Thrones, I believe. So you put it that way, they know that they have shows that are loved and watched. So they have really, really strong fan bases the same way. And I think because, look, you can put it it this way. Supernatural's ratings have gone up and down, up and down, and dipped and dipped and dipped. They just gave that show a season 15. There is no way that CW was releasing the chance to continue to do DC comic book shows on their network. Or there's a possibility that they're just going to say, hey, guys, you know what? We're going to throw you a curveball in post-crisis. Introduce two or three brand new DC shows that are going to introduce us and we're going to see brand new characters. And some of these other characters that exist on things like Legends of Tomorrow. If, say, for example, we've got Daniel Panabaker and Carlos Valdez do leave. Well, you know what? Maybe they say, hey, we're going to move Ray Palmer over to The Flash. Yeah. Because um, he's a really good fit for that show. Uh, you know, you're going to put Heatwave back into The Flash as well. And he's going to go back to being one of the rogues. Uh, you know, all these things are now fully possible for them to do. They could bring Katie Lotz uh, back into – they could start a Birds of Prey show and say, we're going to have all the Canaries have a show together. Uh, you know, they could do anything that they want to, and they fully have the ability to do so, uh, which I think makes things very interesting is because we could see characters shift or shifted around, moved around, or brand new shows start, starring these characters 
or just brand new heroes brought into the mix, kind of like them saying, hey, guys, it's been a really fun ride. We're entering phase two of the Arrowverse. Well, I mean, and that's the beauty of doing something like Crisis on Infinite Earths is the fact that it is a complete shakeup of this universe. So in my opinion, to do something as big as Crisis, um, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths as your crossover, I think you're doing yourself an injustice if you don't shake up the universe afterwards. If yeah. after Crisis ends, the only thing you do is merge the universes, and then uh, the only thing that comes out of that is you're saying that Supergirl now exists in the same universe, but all the other shows are still doing their own kind of thing that they've been doing for a while, you're doing yourself a major injustice. So to do something as big, as huge as Crisis on Infinite Earths, and you don't shake up the universe, you're making a mistake. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, now that the more we're talking about this now, and the, and and such, and I, w apologies to because there's when we posted the article about the possibility of Arrow and Legends ending. Look, we've been talking about it for weeks. That we've been saying for a while, season eight was going to be the end of Arrow. It's going to be the final season, and yeah. we're totally fine with it. Don't get me wrong. We love the series. It hasn't been its strongest lately. Hasn't been yeah. its strongest for a while. So if the series ends, it's better to go out on top than, you know, than to kind of falter out. Uh, there's been a couple comments of people on the post of saying they would they wanted to go on for like ten seasons, and like, look, I was a huge fan of Smallville, but even ten seasons of Smallville was a lot. Fifteen seasons of Supernatural, I'm uh, that boggles my mind. I don't even, I stopped watching in like season twelve, and like even said, even yeah. Season five is what I'm like. That was really good. Now watch a couple other seasons. I'm like, why am I still watching? Yeah, show? exactly. I know they're huge fans of that show. So we're not putting the show down at all. Same thing with Arrow and such. And to anybody who wants these shows to continue on for as long as they possibly can, I, I we love the fact that you love these shows as much as you do. Um, but look, Steven as a person wants to move on and do other things. He's it's kind of running him ragged. And as much as we love the series and we would love to see it continue, looking at it from his perspective and the actor's perspective, think of the toll it takes on them to continue this for ten years. I mean, Steven's got a daughter now and like he wants to focus on producing and directing movies and being in other movies. You can't hold back his career just because you want this series to continue. Right. And it's one of the big things, too, is one of the best things anything can ever do when it finishes its run is leaves leave everybody wanting more because that means it achieved what it wanted to do. It left a legacy. And it left this big mark on saying, man, that was really awesome. It ended in a big, bad way. And the last thing you want to do is have a show continue to run to the point where the audience is sick and tired of it. And if it if all of you, all of you out there are listening or have, have commented that said that are really upset, you know what? You have to remember one beautiful thing in the world that we live in. You can go back and continue to watch the things that you love as long as you want. But having something end just because it ends doesn't mean you can't continue to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and again, just because these series might be ending does not mean that's the end of these characters. There's right. multiple other ways they can bring these characters characters into other folds and continue their stories. You're just not going to get them in the same format that you're used to. Right. 
and again, if you're huge fans of these actors, you now get to you'll be able to follow their careers into new projects that they do. I mean, everybody the best way I can put it is think about Firefly. If you're a big fan of Firefly, think about how many people gave Castle a shot or the rookie a shot because of their love for Nathan Fillion. You know, it's the same thing. It is if you love these people, you will continue to follow their careers. Um, and I think, like I said, these these people have loved playing these characters, and we've seen how much like people like Steven have been stewards for this character of Green Arrow and how much he loves and cares about this character and wants to see the character done right and well. But again, there's a certain point in time where he's going to be like, you know what, I really want to be able to do this other role, and that's a dream come true. And and for what they're doing right now, it is a dream come true, but they've achieved it, and they want an opportunity to challenge themselves with something brand new. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's so much potential for what they could do post-crisis, and... I mean, for all these people that are set, that are upset and disappointed by the fact that Arrow might be ending next season after next season, look, I'm a huge proponent of The Flash. I adore that show. It may not be its strongest that it's been, but it still has some good episodes, and and it's more because I love the character. It's not even Grant. I love Grant's portrayal of it, but I just love the character. So, if you were to tell me post crisis that Flash was ending, but Flash isn't going anywhere, like the character is still going to be on TV, I'm going to be willing to accept that and and be interested to see what they're going to do with it. There's so much stuff I would love to see. If if you told me Flash was ending, but they're doing a World's Finest TV show, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm and, totally good with that. Yeah, and one of the other things to remember, too, is think about, again, Flash and Arrow, and especially what we just talked about Flash today in the news. Think about how many of the core original cast members are no longer in that show at all or is looking to leave. That's a big thing to think about, too. If you're seeing that many people ready to move on, the leads of the show are probably right there because those are some of the people that they forged these relationships and bonds with since the start of the show. And when they turn around and look around and realize none of them are there anymore, it, it it has to take a toll on them. It absolutely has to take a toll. Yeah. I, I know we're going to be seeing our buddy John Wesley Shipp in a couple months. Um, I, I, I'm going to be seeing him twice, actually. I don't know if you're going to be coming with me in April, but we're definitely going to be seeing him in May. And um, I'm going to tell him flat out that, look, after Crisis on Infinite Earths, if Jake Garrick doesn't show up and join Team Flash as a mentor, uh, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because he could. I mean, if the Earths merge, he is now a part of that Earth. Oh, yeah. So he very much could join as a mentor figure well, any, for that. Anything can happen. You yes. could have uh, – that's the beautiful thing. They said Crisis is going to have some uh, – just massive ramifications for everything moving forward, regardless of which shows still exist post this show or what new shows start up. It is going to change everything. If the Earths merge, anything is possible. And that's the cool thing to remind yourselves. Um, if you're bummed out, think about the surprises that you could get from this. And one of the things I really want to state, too, is these shows need surprises now. We are at a point because we're getting so comfortable into these shows that the excitement is lessening week to week. And you hear on me and Ben's voice every week. We've been doing the show since the very first episode of Legends of Tomorrow. So... It takes a lot more for us to geek out, lose our minds about something awesome that happened. It's really hard for that to happen in a week-to-week -week moment. But when the big moments do happen, you hear that excitement. A brand new show and a new shakeup not only keeps this show going, 
but it also keeps the fan base going for these shows. So you have to be willing to make sacrifices and 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 try new things. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for CW to do it. Yeah, you know, it would be interesting to go back and listen to like our first couple episodes to see the tonal difference in our excitement of these shows. Because you're right. I mean, we've talked about this off the air, uh, you know, off recording a couple of times in that sometimes it takes a lot for us to even want to come on and talk about the shows. Because, I mean, and that's not that we don't love doing this. We love podcasting. And if we weren't podcasting about this, we'd be podcasting about something else. Um, but we still do enjoy these shows. It's just the way we look at these shows now has changed over the course of 136 episodes. 136 uh, plus. Well, I can tell you exactly as we're talking uh, how many episodes of the show we have actually done. That includes all of our specials, all of those other pieces. Uh, and it it's it's bonkers because we have done this is our hundred and sixty fifth episode of DC Primetime. Okay, hundred and sixty five <laughs> episodes. So, which is crazy. Uh, and we we've been doing this for such a long time. Uh, you know we're you know like I said next year would be our will be our fifth year because that's the fifth season of Legends uh, of running the show, and we we do that every weekend. And it takes a lot to be surprised, which is when something like Doom Patrol comes around or Titans comes around, you hear this massive shift in our voices and the way that we talk about it and how excited we are. Yeah. But when we go back to talk about Supergirl or The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, whatever it may be, we're just kind of like, okay, yeah, well, this happened. That was cool. That was fine. And occasionally um, there, there are episodes that bring right. back that excitement and like right. Slapside Redemption. Slapside. Yeah, like, you know, like Elseworlds, like you hear us like – just go boom oh my god that's amazing but like you go back to the very first episodes we did when we're talking about supergirl it was like oh my god it was awesome when she finally caught the missile because it's such an iconic superman thing like you heard that from us constantly you don't hear us talk about that anymore it's like okay she she, she she's we don't even mention she stopped the missile anymore you know yeah we it's just kind of like okay moving on yeah you know that's that was that or hey uh the choreography for a fight scene was really good narrow of course it was <laughs> so yeah it's 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 it, 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 it's you you come to expect so much. So again, having them take some risks is exactly what this needs. And we were even saying yesterday, Ben and I got a chance to hang out. We went and saw uh, Battle Angel Alita, and you know went to a big arcade, um, you know, out by us, and just kind of hung out. And we we talked about this news story as it broke, well, right before the movie started. And we we're kind of like, okay, you know. And we 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 even made the comment, and I made the comment to Ben, kind of like, I was like, well, maybe this is an opportunity for us to say, okay, we're moving on. Um, you know, not because we don't want to do the show, but maybe it's we were even saying maybe it's time for us to put the Arrowverse to bed. Yeah, you know, we we said that earlier when they announced Crisis on Infinite Earths. That where do you go from there? Well, we uh, we joked about that even before they mentioned Crisis right. on Infinite Earths. I had said exactly. I was like, look, if they ever do Crisis on Infinite Earths, that's it. We're done with the podcast because where do you go? And and you're right. I mean, it 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 could potentially be an opportunity to to kind of hang up the reins of talking about the Arrowverse and maybe make a shift to the DC Universe or even something completely different. Um, but I think I think you're absolutely right. I think the Arrowverse needs a shakeup um, at this point. Uh, it needs new surprises. It needs new things to come about. And I think Crisis is a good way to do it, even if it means ending two or if three of the series that we have so far. Um, look at it this way. Look at it as like the I'm looking at it now kind of like the Marvel Universe, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying that Crisis on Infinite Earths is the end of phase one. 
Yeah. And we're now moving on to phase two. You're going to shake things up, whether it's combining combining the Earths and combining the series or canceling three of the series and creating two more. Like, whatever they're going to do, I'm completely open to it if it shakes things up and adds new excitement to this world. Yeah. So I fully, fully agree. And I think, again, don't be surprised if next year, after everything wraps up and they, they make their announcements and figure out what's what and what's next for us to... Make a call one way or the other. Like I, I, I firm, firm decision one way or the other. Yeah, so. I mean, it, yeah, we're we're gonna play it by ear. What we're gonna do when we hear what they're gonna do, right. um, you know, because there could be some new excitement in that world. But if they're just canceling series, and then after Crisis, they're just continuing on with the same path they've been on. It, it might be time for us to reevaluate as well. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a wait and see, both for us and for the Arrowverse. But to those of you that are upset. Um, that some of these shows might be ending. Uh, like I'm just reading, some, reading some of the comments now. Uh, we will riot if this happens. CW, you have failed the city. Uh, no, don't end them. Uh, I, I I enjoyed both, but I'm okay with this. Uh, both shows have had great runs with some hiccups. Yes, but overall, both shows have stayed strong. I think it would be a lot better to have them go out on a high as opposed to go on too long, leaving a bitter taste. Uh, but our buddy Shad said all not legends. Yeah, that's the one we're more disappointed with too. Yeah. Uh, somebody saying absolutely hell no. Hopefully this will stay only a rumor. Uh, I wanted it to make it to at least season 10. Eh, I don't know about that. Um, I don't really see any reason why those shows end TV series, but yeah, it's look, we love watching the Arrowverse. We're fans of these shows. It's the reason why we started this podcast, but Personally, from Rob and myself, I know, Rob, I can speak for you on this because we've already mentioned it a couple times. If these shows do indeed end, look, we've been calling it happening for a couple months now. And yeah. it, it, it would not come as a big surprise. And, you know, it's it's time to move on. So series cannot last forever. Right. And they shouldn't. No. <laughs> they really, really shouldn't. No. The next thing you know, you you're... God, can you imagine, like, think about The Simpsons. The Simpsons has been running for thir over 30 years. And how, and, and whenever you talk to people about it, they're like, well, yeah, I was like, oh, The Simpsons is a great show, but only seasons one through 10. You know, that's that's the most common thing you hear from people. Yeah. Um, you don't want the fact that 20 years of the show continuing that people write, this sucks. I mean, you this think, is dumb. You Why? Th you think about the fact that most of our listeners, and this includes us, most of our listeners, if not almost all of our listeners, have not grown up with The Simpsons being at least a majority of their life. Yeah. On, on for a majority, if not all of their lives. Like, so there are multiple people out there that are, that we hang out with, uh, that we know personally, they have never experienced a life where The Simpsons was not on the air. Right. I mean, and yeah, shows should not be that long. No, 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 because there's there, being creative is one of the best things you can be. Uh, but falling into a rut is one of the and falling into a rut creatively is one of the worst things you can do. So and I again, shows should not last forever. They never, ever should, regardless of how much you love them or not. Um, it's it, it's it's kind of like the, the best way I can put it is. Think about if you're a Futurama fan, there's a beautiful episode where there's an interstellar being 
captures all of the members from the original Star Trek crew. And they're basically meant to have to be stuck on this world playing those characters forever. And you watch the actors in that, and most of them are the original actors from the original Star Trek are like, please don't make us do this. Please don't make <laughs> us do this. And that's exactly what it's going to be like for these people. Um, I, You know, again, it's there's nothing wrong with allowing these people to move on. Don't hold them hostage just because of your fandom. It's It's okay to love something as much as you do. But it's ultimately, if these shows do end, like people making comments like we will riot, see, you know, come down on CW. The last thing we, we, we will advocate ever for, and again, this goes back to the last episode of Caffeine Crew. If there's something you really, really love, just tell the creators, like, thank you so much for everything you've brought to us. It's really awesome. Don't send them death threats um, because a show is going to end because um, it's not going to do anything for you. You can you can talk to your friends about how upset you are, but don't take it out on the creators, the actors, the showrunners, the networks. None of that. It's it's not, it does not make any sense to do. Yeah, thank uh, them, especially thank if shows if especially if a show had a good long run. Five years is a good long run for any show. Eight years is a fantastic run for a series. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean you're right. It's a good thing to do if these series if these series do end, which they will, um, whether it be next year or two or three years down the road. The series are going to end. Um, is Yeah, you're right. Don't riot. Don't criticize. Don't send death threats. The best thing you can do, and I'm just re- repeating what you said, Rob, thank them. Thank them for the love that you have gotten for the time that you did. Yeah. And that's... And wish them the best on whatever they pursue in the future. Indeed. Uh, and, and and continue to follow them and to support them in their new endeavors. That's the greatest thing you can do ever as a fan. Um, and I fully, fully believe that. And it's a message that I stand so close to. Uh, and and just, just continue to enjoy. There's so much more DC stuff to come. Uh, and it, again, these are characters that we, we say over and over and over. The comic book characters, whether you're a Marvel fan, DC fan, Image, Dark Horse, any of the other independent brands that are, that are out there. You, th- these characters that exist in the world of comic books are our modern day mythology and they are not going anywhere. You get to follow their stories, whether it's through an animated series, a comic book, a movie or a TV show. And these characters will continue to live on and everyone's going to have their favorite versions. We always talk about Christopher Reeves being the best Superman and it's true, but there's always got a chance that there's going to be an even better Superman one day or a better green arrow. Or hey a better man, Flash, I, you know? I, I was a huge fan of like forever in a day up until a couple years ago, Keaton was my Batman. And now yeah. dude, Affleck is my Batman. It's, yeah. you know, it's things change. And I will say this, and this will kind of be my final note on the whole topic. If and when these series wrap up, and I'm just going to say if and when, because it could be next year, it could be afterwards. If you are a fan of these series as much as you claim to be, and we totally believe that you are, and you really want to continue loving the series, you can do one of two things. And I we actually encourage you, I encourage you to do both. The first is whatever these actors do post-Arrow, so whether it be Stephen Amell or Paul Blackthorne or whoever, who's already left the series... Continue to follow their career and support it. So if Steven leaves and he does something completely different, if you loved his portrayal of Arrow as much as you did, then keep loving Stephen Amell, whatever he does afterwards. Show him that love through his next project. Don't deny it because you're bitter that he's not the Arrow anymore. That's one. Two, if you love these stories as much as 
you know, you, you express that you do. And you really want to continue loving these stories. We, this is something we haven't encouraged in a while. Pick up a comic book. These stories go on forever. And occasionally they reboot that too. Because even in comic book form, you still have to shake it up to be surprised. Comic books, look, they've done Rebirth. They've done New 52. There's been so many times where they've shaken up the format. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Comic books have to do the same thing that these TV series have done the same thing that these TV series are going to do. But if you want to continue the story, even after it's over, pick up a comic book and read along. Yeah. And just picture, imagine this is you, all the dialogue that you are reading of the Green Arrow. Just picture it in the voice of Steven. Like I said, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I've been, I'm sure you're right there with me. Anytime I read a, a story with Batman and the Joker, I always hear Mark Hamill and, and Kevin Conroy mm-hmm. in my head. Nothing will ever replace that because they are my two favorite pers- people that have ever portrayed those characters. Yep. So I always hear their voices, and you'll hear the same thing when you have a character like this that you love. Their stories aren't ending. So. Yeah. Like, even I have, I've just recently picked up, like, the entire run of... Uh, rebirth of the flash because I'm such a fan of that character that I now I'm going back to read it. So pick up a comic book, support the actors, whether they're arrow or whoever they are, whether they're doing these roles, just continue to support them. And that that's the best you can do at this point. Absolutely. And, and it means the world to them that you it does. do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, I'm sure you'll continue to see these people at conventions and such, you know, when if the shows wrap up, it's like, hey, you know, it's it's a reunion or anything like that. It happens all the time. So don't worry. You'll still see your favorite people wherever it may be after these shows come to to their heads and move into new pastures. But just hang in there. Yeah. Like I said, and regardless, too, um, we'll tell you guys this now as well. Ben and I are not going anywhere, regardless of if all of these shows come to an end. We'll talk because Ben and I love talking together. So, regardless if we're talking about DC or something, not we'll continue on with this or a new project. Oh yeah, you'll um, un- you'll unfortunately continue to hear our voices. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. we'll we'll find something else to talk about. Trust me. Yeah. So don't worry, we we will still be sticking around in some way, shape, or form. So. Yes, exactly. Um. So. We, we've talked about that in depth. Let's uh, throw out some recommendations, knock out our cheap plugs, and then we'll get out of here. And uh, as Rob said at the top of the podcast, uh, if uh, it all depends on if any there's any big news or anything that breaks over the course of the week. But uh, with all the shows on break next week, I believe we're going to be taking a break as well just to give us a little bit of rest before these shows come back. Because once they come back, they're probably in for the rest of the season. Um Although, I don't know. They might still take a spring break. They usually, they usually do. There's going to be a spring break still, too. Okay. All right. So, we're not full in for the long haul. But uh, we're going to take a break next week since they're taking a break. Unless there's any big breaking news, um, you're, it's going to be about two weeks before you're hearing us again. But yeah. uh, cheap plugs. We'll probably do, do, we'll probably do a playback episode of something, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. th- we'll put something up. We always do. Even when we're not here, we still put something up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go knock out some cheap plugs. Uh, I'll let you lead us off this time. Uh, for recommendation for me. Or recommendation, gonna, that's what I meant. Sorry. Uh, uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, without question in my mind, uh, if you're not watching it, Doom Patrol continues <laughs> to be fantastic. 
I am I, I, I'm so excited for us to be able to talk about that series as a whole. Uh, we had our introduction to Cyborg this week, and he fits in really great with that show. And man, oh man, Crazy Jane is a breakout character. She is phenomenal. Um, and there was some great, again, wonderful dialogue from Alan Tudyk again this week. Uh, so make sure to, uh, if you don't already, subscribe to DC Universe, which we don't make a cent off of. I'm just saying purely just so you can give the show a shot because it is absolutely worth it. Yeah, I need to. Uh, I still need to watch this week's, but I I can't wait to watch this week's. Like I, I'm already in love with the show. Uh, my recommendation is actually one I was going to make last week, but then I remembered Doom Patrol was coming on, uh, and you actually touched on it a little bit this week. If it, it's another comic book series um, put into film, and not DC, not Marvel, but if you have not yet had an opportunity to see it, man, uh, I'm recommending the Kingsman movies. Because they are fantastic movies. They're so much fun to watch. And I'm excited that, one, we're not only getting a prequel series, we're also getting a... Um, oh, my God. Why can't I remember the name? The American version. <laughs> um, not the Kingsman. The Statesman. Uh, yeah. We're getting a Statesman spinoff film. Which, after I watched Kingsman 2, I was like, oh, my God, I need a Statesman movie. So bad, and <laughs> I found out that we are we're we're getting a Kingsman prequel, and we're getting a Statesman movie, which is and uh, then and then Kingsman three, yeah, and then Kingsman three, yep. I think it's the prequel, Kingsman three, then Statesman is is the order I think they're discussing. Oh, and I'm sorry, there was another recommendation I had too. Um, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, too, definitely give Umbrella Academy on Netflix a shot. It is fantastically done. I know I I've heard a lot of creative differences between some of the things from the comic books where they. They really shift things around a little bit, but uh, really, really fantastic. Really, really impressed with what they've done here with the Dark Horse comic and uh, really enjoyable. Um, so even if you are a little superheroed out, this is feels more of like a mystery story. So well worth it. Well, uh, well worth the time. So. Yeah, that's one I still need to check out myself. So, uh, all right, we'll throw out some cheap plugs and then we'll head out. Uh, first and foremost, you can check out this podcast as well as all of the other podcasts uh, on the, uh, that are part of the Next Level Podcast Network, which you can find. Our website has changed, finally. Uh, you can find everything at uh, thenextlevelnetwork.com, facebook.com slash thenextlevelnetwork, and then, of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, facebook.com slash Primetime. And as for me, you can always find me at thenextlevelnetwork.com through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Yay, I did it right. <laughs> um, our last episode was on uh, fandom toxicity. I believe uh, we are going to be one week behind, so it'll probably be the it, probably still releasing the first week of February, if not early into the second. Uh, for our cartoon episode, I think we're going to try to not record this week, but the following. So uh, really early on into February, that will be releasing. Cool. Uh, so with that being said, again, we're going to be on break next week unless some big news hits. Uh, so enjoy the rest of your week as well as next week. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>